Hello and welcome to another episode of the Theo Keeps Talking podcast, where you may laugh or you may learn, available on Spotify, SoundCloud, and Apple Podcasts. My name is Theo, and the most important question of the day, how are you all doing? Nothing nothing too interesting happened this week, just been at home as usual, as this is now month seven of quarantine. It's uh, It's unusually warm. For this point in the year, which is pretty solid, but other than that, nothing new. Today's a fun one. I mean, the last few episodes were a little more serious, but today it's all about this really long, fun thought process I've been adding to year over year, and that is how much money do we spend in our lifetimes, right? And I'll be breaking it down in a super Theo way that I do like I always do, but I wanted to do a little thought experiment with you all as we get into it. So here's what we'll do. Think of how much money it takes, it would take for you to be set for life. Think about that. However however much money that is, just hold on to it, right? And we'll address it and we'll get back to it later. I want to take this time to say that October is Breast Cancer Awareness Month, and I definitely should have made mention of that earlier on with the podcast, but breast cancer awareness and research is really, really important to me. My mom is a 21-year breast cancer survivor, so I've made a big deal of it historically. Um, When I played soccer in high school, I would change my laces to pink. I would wear and still do wear breast cancer awareness bracelets. And I would run in like 5Ks for breast cancer research and all that. So this year, I have pink masks that I wear that are actually PPE. So I have pink PPE or PPPE, you know, and it's a pink surgical mask. So it's effective and it's good for my cause at the same time. In some real world news, uh, rest in peace to Quibi, which was a short form video media app, which raised over one $0.75 billion and is gone after a little over six months. Um, The easiest thing to point to that didn't go well for them is that they didn't pick younger content creators to make content, right? Like they made, they make people like LeBron and Kevin Hart and Chrissy Teigen some shows. But I mean, those people don't even make me watch normal TV for the most part, let alone go on a new app, right? And if they had picked more people like David Dobrik or Mr. Beast or just anyone who can connect to people younger than the age of 30, it definitely could have gone better. Like they were, I think it was with T-Mobile, they had this partnership that you got Quibi for free for three months and they only existed for six. So, I mean, they were just hemorrhaging money at that point. So, hey, if anyone else has any ideas that are worth 1.75 billion dollars hey i could definitely i could definitely make it work just a little bit better than them so for the recommendations today um what have i been consuming uh i think one of the greatest sports documentaries that i've ever seen i just watched this week it's called the history of the seattle mariners by secret base on youtube formerly known as sb nation and I barely watch baseball, but it was so good. It was like three hours long, the six parts that they did. And when I mean I barely watch baseball, 
I can guarantee you that I haven't watched more than two innings of baseball this entire season, right? Like, I know, like, tonight or tomorrow or something is, like, game three of the World Series, but I really just don't watch it, right? But it was such a good watch. Um, Wifey and I are still making our way through Naruto, which has been really solid. Uh, We just got to the point where Itachi is right outside of Naruto's room, so that should be fun. Um... Last week in fantasy football, I actually won. It was not a high-scoring game whatsoever. Um, And I'm already wary for this next week because I had Carson Wentz on my bench this week. And he already he balled out last night. I think he had 32, 33 points. So we'll see how that goes. Um, And then I have more music and podcast recommendations i've i've been listening to platinum fire by aaron ray it's pretty solid um as far as overall recommendations i think i should just be more transparent and say that i listen to the same music over and over and over again and i sometimes add new things in uh so i'll just share those too i've been listening to break from toronto by party next door whip appeal by babyface so good uh, the Need to Know by Wale featuring SZA, Hallucinations by Division, of course, and Caught Up by Maja Jordan featuring Khalid. I've just been listening to those pretty much nonstop this entire time. And The Art of Charm is a pretty good podcast that I've been tuning into from time to time. Now to begin the main topic for t- today, and that is... How much money do you spend in a lifetime, right? So the primary reason for today's episode was this past sequence of events involving my car. So my car is a 2014 Honda Civic, and it's supposed to last for basically as long as COVID's about to. (laughs) But, you know, it's a really reliable car. And I've had it for three years now with relatively no problems until about a month or so ago. I was driving back from Philadelphia, and if you've ever driven on I-95 South of Philadelphia, just between the Wilmington exit and the airport, that 20 to 25-minute stretch is pure chaos. It goes from like four lanes to three to two to four to three to two. It just keeps going all the way up and down the scale, and apparently... Nobody in Pennsylvania was ever taught that you can't merge across a single solid line ever when you take driver's ed. So it's just absolute mayhem around there. So I'm driving to Maryland and there was an accident going south right before the Plymouth meeting exit that's on the right hand side. And well, they're all on the right hand side. You know what I'm saying? There's the Plymouth meeting exit and there was some debris in the left lane. And I couldn't get out of the way in time, so I drove over something. I I heard it, but I thought I was fine. About an hour later, I'm right before the Maryland House rest stop, and my tire pressure light comes on. So I pull over, which, for the record, I hardly ever do. Um, I put my estimate of how many times I've made a Philadelphia to Maryland round trip in the neighborhood of 150 times, right? I've stopped at the Maryland house a net of two times since I started going to Drexel in 2015. And one of them was when I was driving a U-Haul for my friend, which is a story for another day. So I pull over, 
I put air in my front left tire, which I think where the problem was. I get back on the road and the light is gone. But 10 minutes later, it's on again. And I know you all have had this, you know, sensation before. I was tired and I just wanted to get home. So I said, tomorrow, Theo, will have to deal with this. But tonight, Theo is just going to go to sleep, right? So I wake up and my tire's flat. So I had to, you know, replace it with the spare tire and there was a nail in my tire. So I had to take that out, plug it, put some air in the tire and it was just annoying, right? But that was the first car issue I had really ever had, right? And just just as an aside, I know it's, you know, manly to know how to do stuff with your car, but I already pay for roadside assistance as a part of my car insurance. And these dudes can replace my tire with a machine in under a minute, like it's a Formula One pit stop, right? Like, what do I gain from being manly and replacing my tire in my own driveway, right? Like, who am I flexing for? The birds, the squirrels, like, no, 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 sir. Let me get that bolt gun thing that AAA has and I will be inside comfortably until they come, right? Like, I'm using this bar thing to lift my car up on a jack while Geico can send someone to do their best Mercedes-Benz F1 impression like I'm Lewis Hamilton, right? Like, I do not need to prove anything that I can fix my own tire. These guys are way faster and way more efficient than me, right? So I got my first ever flat tire a month ago. Then simultaneously, all in this past week, I needed an oil change. Somehow I got two little cracks in my windshield, which I have no idea how that happened. I had to pay my car payment and my student loan payment all in the same span of four days. And I was just fed up, right? So that absolutely accelerated this little idea I had because having adult responsibilities is only fun when you don't pay for all of it at the same time. So yeah, I'm, I'm being a little dramatic, but fun fact, one of the final five podcast names that I came up with is Theo is so dramatic. So I think I'd like to pay homage to that a little bit. But yeah, so I'm doing one of my favorite hobbies today on the podcast, overthinking, but in a business sense. So this time I present to you an experiment called How Much Does Life Cost? And this is with various scenarios that to encompass many backgrounds and careers and all that, right? So I'm going to do three main pathways and compare them to myself so I can show you all the kinds of permutations and then wrap up talking about like credit score and taxes and all that, right? So to begin with a funny story about the very genesis of this podcast idea, the moment when I thought, huh, this would be a really fun paper to write, (laughs) So I'm a big basketball fan, of course, and Drexel is, well, yeah, really good at women's basketball, right? So I would go to the games, and I had friends and, like, mentees that either worked for the team, were on, like, the spirit team, so, like, band and cheer and dance and stuff like that, and I just liked hanging out at the games, you know, just hanging out, not doing much. And, of course, there's no huge expectations of being an active student section like at Duke games or Kentucky games or something like that. You could just hang out, right? You could do your homework at the game, right? So this past season, Jux Athletics had a promotion that if in 30 seconds you made a layup, a free throw, a three-pointer, and a half-court shot, you could win 
$50,000. So you had to start from half court and dribble your way in for a layup and then go from there, right? And having watched so many people just make an absolute mockery of the game of, ba- of basketball in their failed attempts, I was convinced I could do it. So during one of the games, I went to one of my friends that was working for Drexel Athletics and I said, hey, just know that if I ever get the chance to do that, I'm cashing out, straight cash on me. And, and there's people that who either have me on Snapchat or you've just been some of my closer friends, you know that I do like these really silly trick shots from like half court when I'm just bored in the gym sometimes. So, I mean, I thought it would be easy, right? I thought this, your entire life has come down to this moment. Theo, you've been shooting half court shots for fun since you were like 12 years old, right? You, you got this. So this is one day, it's like a 2 PM Sunday, right before midterms week. And so there's not too many people there. Obviously, I'm a terrible student, so I don't care about studying, which is currently the reason for my downfall during this current CPA exam period. That's fine, though. But it's like not that many people there. And I was just chilling, minding my business. I'm sitting there and my friend who worked for Drexel Athletics that I had mentioned prior comes up to me and asks, so do you want to try it today? And I'm here half awake in an H&M hoodie, sweatpants, and these thick aircraft carrier-type Air Maxes. And I'm, like, not ready at all. But I'm like, sure, you know, why why not, you know? So now, after having accepted and signed all the paperwork and all that, on the paperwork it says you have to it, – it makes sure that you have not played any level of high school basketball, which, thank God, I'm too short and too bad at basketball for that to have been the case – but a normal human being would go, okay, what's my strategy? Do I use the glass here? Do I, where do I want to shoot my three pointer from? But not me. I, of course I didn't think like that. I immediately just mailed it in and said, okay, so since I'm going to win, what do I do with my money? Right? So, okay. So it's $50,000. I need to set aside I actually knew how much in taxes. It was 22%. So I need to set aside 22% for taxes. And then the rest of it's going to go to like, uh, I'm going to take my friends out to Sampan in Philadelphia to go eat. And then I'm going to split the rest between my paying off my car. And then I'll pay off my car. And then the rest is going to go to student loans. And then my money will be gone because life is expensive, right? But If you asked me when I was like 10 years old, if I got $50,000, I'd be like, oh my goodness, I'm buying all the Beyblades the world has ever seen, you know? But I was just, I was just mathematically preparing to what I was going to do with this money. Not even thinking a concern in the world of maybe you should make the shots first, Theo. So I was thinking like, okay, you know maybe I'll just like dribble it up real slow. I'll cash out on the free throw. And then by the time this is all over, I'm just going to, I have to decide, am I going to do the J.R. Smith air guitar three point celebration? Or am I going to do the Carmelo Anthony three to the dome celebration? And then a really valid concern enters my head. I go over to my friend and I ask, Hey, do you have a men's ball? for me to use and they said no to give you some scale i i get the numbers are either wrong or whatever but the diameter of a men's basketball is either one or two whole inches bigger than that of a women's basketball 
And that doesn't sound like much, but the total length of my hands is, I think, eight and a half inches or like nine inches or something like that. So it's really a women's ball is really tiny in my hands. So I had to ask that question. And (laughs) she so my friend said no, that they had women's balls for me to use. And at this moment, I, I knew it was a lost cause. I just knew. Right. So shoot, trying to shoot a women's basketball is already horrendous for me because I'm not a good shooter anyway. Like I'm built just like Raymond Felton with the 2020 great Jamon, uh, Draymond Green jump shot package, you know, like, I mean, it's just not pretty. And my jump shot is not where it's at. You know what I mean? So that $50,000 plan evaporated right before my eyes when I realized the dream was dead. So they call me down to the floor and I've been playing around with like this women's ball for the past 15 minutes straight just to see if I can get used to it before I like go. So when I got to half court, it was literally like time was slowing down. But the PA announcer was instructing me on how everything worked and all the instructions. And it felt like she was talking at one word a minute, you know, so I get 30 seconds and they ask if I'm ready and I say I'm ready. And the second she said go all of a sudden, it felt like I was in quicksand, right? I dribbled that ball like I was Stanley from the office, just trying to make sure I didn't lose it, right? Like some prime Bob Cousy 1960s dribble package type stuff. It was just like so embarrassing. But I was trying to be so careful that I shot the layup with two hands like I've never even touched a basketball before, right? So I make I make the layup and I turn around for the free throw and I airballed the free throw. I airballed a free throw, right? And the worst part is what came next. This was absolutely the worst part. I airballed it so bad that it went into the cheerleaders, right? And to make matters worse, they can't help me, right? So they're basically just cones. They're just human cones, right? So the ball is literally in between some cheerleaders and they can't kick it back to me or pick it up for me or anything like that. So I have to dive in there and get it back. And let me tell you, I was being incredibly cautious about doing that because point one, girls have cooties. Right. It's a proven fact. Right. Girls have cooties and you got to stay safe out here. It wasn't a pandemic then, but it's a panoramic now. It is very dangerous and women have cooties. You must be careful. Point point two. Imagine you spend your entire life just man cheerleading this life, gymnastics is life, whatever your pathway is. You're a cheerleader at Drexel University. And some 5'10", 225-pound black dude built like that, really annoying football conditioning coach who's screaming at 4 a.m. is coming straight at you for a basketball, right? Like, this man looks like an absolute almond, and he's running straight at you for a basketball. No one wants that in their life, right? And then the third point is I'm always incredibly conscious of, hmm, if I froze this moment in time, And I took a picture of it and sent it to my girlfriend. What would she think, right? So imagine me trying to weave through some cheerleader's legs to get some, to get a basketball, to get some money. No, right? She would call the quickest airstrike on the gym in a heartbeat. So absolutely not. I was not trying to be in that situation whatsoever. 
So nevertheless, I get the ball back. <laughs> and I make I make my second free throw attempt. But the second I shoot it, the PA announcer says I have 10 seconds left. And I and like the you know that Mr. Krabs mean when the world's just spinning around him? I'm like, what? Where, where did my other 20 seconds go, right? So I do the worst thing I could possibly do with a ball I'm not comfortable shooting. I sprint to the left corner to take my three, right? I mean, I it wasn't even close. You, Oh, my goodness. I look like a scrub out there. You know how, like, in 2K, there's, like, a feedback rating on your shot? I let it go early. I didn't even give a percent chance of it going in. My shot meter said LOL, not even a 0%, just disgraceful. So I com- I had no business taking that shot, right? So I completely airballed it, right? So now she's counting down five four three so i'm sprinting to the other corner to try and take my shot i do my best paul george impression and hit it off the side of the backboard and time ran out right just so demoralizing because i was talking so much grade a cold hard cash about how i was gonna make this and now there i was pathetic and just just ashamed (laughs) So to get into the money part of this, let's let's preface preface this really early on, right? At this current stage in my life, I'm 23 years old, and I view children as money draining freeloaders, right? Children get hard carried through a lot of their lives, right? It's that simple. They're they're cute when they're yours, they're annoying when they're not. And that's just how it is. You only want to play with children when you don't have to take them home at night. You can just play with them and then hand them off back to their primary care provider. You know what I'm saying? They're cute when they're yours, but they also take your sleep, your time, your money, and everything else, right? All other baby mammals are so productive straight out the womb. Like, I know they're not a mammal, but have you seen turtles when they're born? They, I mean, they're born in the sand and just hit that quick 180 and they are swimming. And I'm like, babies can't do a thing. <laughs> human babies can't do anything, right? And and then on top of that, human children are at least dependent until like 16. And they don't ever make the cost of how expensive they are up. It's just a mess, right? But I still want kids, like two kids max, but they're going to be just as expensive and picky as I am. So I really got to financially prepare, right? For this experiment, I came up with three brackets, including my and three brackets outside of my own that I wanted to quantify for today's show to express just how expensive life can be. And I'm going to go up to age 23, where I am right now. So scenario one is middle class, Baltimore County, and male, so me, right? So Baltimore County, where I live, and male, myself. Scenario two is upper middle class, Baltimore County, and male, so me, if my parents had a lot of money. Upper middle class, scenario three, upper middle class, from the DMV, so the DC metro area. The DMV, for those who do not know, is not all of Maryland and all of Virginia. It's just DC and Southern Maryland and Northern Virginia, right? If you're ever confused about how far the DMV stretches, just look up a map of the DC metro area, like where the buses go and where the trains go, right? The furthest north part of that is 
the M in DMV, and the furthest south is the V in the DMV. Richmond is not in the DMV. Baltimore is not in the DMV. Ocean City, Maryland is not in the DMV. Virginia Beach, Virginia is not in the DMV. Just for clarification, because when the term got really popular when I was like a sophomore or junior in high school, these people from Westminster were saying they were in the DMV. And I'm like, can you just sit down somewhere? Just go. Stop. Stop it. Get some help. All right. And (laughs) scenario four, upper middle class, Philadelphia County and male, right? The numbers I'll use to define the classes are from a Pew Research calculator, right? So for reference, lower middle class is a dual income household or a family earning $31,000 to $42,000. Middle class is $42,000 to $126,000 in combined income. Upper middle class is $126,000 to $188,000 in combined income. And a higher income family is $188,000 or more. My family is middle class, as evidenced by the fact that I do my parents' taxes. <laughs> so I know how much they make. So we'll start you. We'll start off with you as a child. And my life is the barometer for all of this because I know it pretty well, right? Let's start with baby Theo, right? Baby Theo goes wham. A 96 pack of diapers from Target is $25. I'll use the rough estimate that I went through about four diapers a day because one, I don't know anything about babies and two, I'm pretty sure that's a pretty solid amount, but I'm very dramatic. So that's a pack every 24 days, right? I'll assume I went through the same rate of four diapers a day until I was two. So that's 15 packs a year, which I'll bump up to 16 because, you know, babies. And that's 32 total packs for two years, right? So that comes to $800 in packs of diapers. Yay. Or maybe that's, yeah, $800, right? Actually, let me guarantee, let me just double check. Let's fact check mid podcast. You know, let's just, let's just do that, right? 32 packs, $25, 800 there it is. And I'll never fact check myself again, Theo, be confident, right? It's like when I take a test, I'm like, it's B, and when I first do it, then I go back later, I'm like, ooh, maybe it's C. You know what I'm saying? I always do that, right? So baby food. Baby food is a little random, so I'll just say I was hungry all the time until I was two years old. Those Gerber pack things I found were like 5 for $5. So let's say I ate three a day with some baby formula, and I have no idea how long that lasted, but let's just make it nice and even and say I was worth $12 of food a day until I was two, right? So that is $8,760 worth of food. And then from ch- as a child to adult, so from two on to 18, I just did a rolling average of consuming about $14 worth of food a day at the lowest end humanly possible, resulting in an astronomical $81,760 worth of food from age two to 18, right? I found some baby clothes, some shoes, some some pants, some socks, and I just estimated a grow out of them rate of 
three quarters of a year for about 17 years. And I'll spare you the calculations on the really embarrassing Air Apostle, South Pole, FUBU, and Sean John phases of my life and tell you that that is a devastating $10,045 combined between shoes and clothes for uh, 17 to 18 years, right? So let's just do all of my extracurricular activities too. I did piano lessons bi-weekly for three years from age three to six for $25 an hour and making that $1,950. I played football for eight years. So adding up my activity fees, cleats, gas, and to take me to games and practice and miscellaneous Gatorade expenses and other random things I could think of broken down as my average price for cleats was $55 over eight years per year. Activity fee was around $100 a year. Where I played was really close, but you know, gas is gas. And then Frost Glacier Freeze is the best Gatorade flavor ever. Please do not at me. You are wasting your time. Which that ends up being a total of $1,800 for all of my football-related expenses. I played organized basketball for about 10 years. And doing the math on that, that's the shoes, the activity fees, the gas, all the accessories to make me look as similar to Dwayne Wade and Allen Iverson as humanly possible. That was $2,050, right? I played organized soccer for six years, and I actually don't have to approximate the, these costs because it was much more recent than playing uh, football and basketball. The middle school registration fee for two years plus the high school registration fee for four years, all the cleats I got, which I actually remember, and team jackets and hoodies puts me at a nice $1,655. Lastly, I played golf for the last three years of high school. There was the registration fees, the one set of golf clubs that got me through high school, and all the balls I hit into woods or water are never to be seen again. And our golf uniforms got me to $1,339. So now, there is one glaring issue that I have been overlooking this entire time. And that is how much the schools I went to cost. Now, wherever you grew up, just understand that the public schools in my area are probably much worse than that. <laughs> my parents were like, you are not going to those schools. Very simple, right? So I have where I went to school broken down. And then I'll describe the mins and the maxes of the other three types that I described earlier, right? So me, I went to... Arlington Baptist School, which is kind of close to Catonsville, for th uh, four years at $3,000, so that's $12,000. Then I went to Liberty Christian School for elementary school from third grade to fifth grade, so that's $4,000 for two years, $8,000. I'm actually going to take a water break, a quick moment. Uh, please enjoy the soothing sounds of Deer Park water. Ah. Uh. <laughs> anyway. Um, yeah, elementary school was two years, third grade, well, three years, actually, third grade, fourth grade, and eh, I already did the math. I don't feel like adjusting it. Uh, <laughs> let's just say for the sake of my own argument, I just did the math at $8,000 and we will call that a human error flaw, whatever middle school, sixth grade, seventh grade, eighth grade, $5,000 per year, $15,000. Then Chapelgate Christian Academy in Marysville, Maryland. I went there for four years, $10,000 a year, $40,000. Then 
then I went to Drexel University in Philadelphia, Pennsylvania, which has an increasing tuition of 3% a year, but I just went for $50,000 a year for five years, being $250,000. However, as a nice aside note, for reference, I didn't pay the max of $250,000 at Drexel because I was on a partial scholarship because I wasn't smart nor Philly enough to get a full scholarship. So I paid around $18,000 for the full years I was there, which is my freshman year and my senior year. And then $12,000 for the half years I was there. So the middle three years. So that's a total of $72,000 for five years, right? So let's just say we're going to do all of that. We're going to add in the actual amount of my education, which is $147,000, right? That's the $72,000 from Drexel and the seventy. And like the 75 from all of my other years of education before I went to Drexel, right? I'm going to call that the 18 price, right? The before I turn 18 years old price, right? So to add up diapers, food for when I was a baby, then the increase in average food cost per day from age two to age 18, the cost of all my shoes until age 18, all my clothes until age 18, all these until age 18. Piano lessons, playing football, basketball, organized soccer, golf until 18. My education costs personally, that adds up to my average cost to my parents before I turn 18 years old as an absolutely dump truck load of $185,159. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, $185,159 in all of the measured costs I just read off, right? Let's just say, however, you were on that's on that's and that's even on the low side, right? That's not even considering the birthday parties I had and went to, the video games that I got, the all the times I went to Chuck E. Cheese cuz you know, that's 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 just how I am. Right. That's on the low. This is all on the low side, which is crazy to think. Right. So the all, all the other estimates, let's just talk about all the really expensive schools in my area. Right. So this is one really, 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 really nice school, approximately six minutes from my house. It is called McDonough. Right. If you want to look it up, you may see that it looks like a college. It's pretty much a college, but it's also a K through 12 school. So I asked one of my friends who went there a while ago, how much did it cost for you to go there from K to 12? Because their parents were rich, right? They broke it down for me. Preschool, two years, $21,000 a year. Elementary school, $25,000 for five years, $125,000. Middle school, McDonough still, $28,000 for three years, $84,000. And high school, $31,000 dollars for four years right and i just decided to make them go to the most expensive private school in the baltimore area loyola university in baltimore sixty one thousand dollars a year for four years two hundred forty four thousand dollars over your college year that's the max so if you went that pathway the mcdonough to loyola pathway 
compared to the maximum $325,000 my education costs, if you count the max for Drexel, that cost for the upper middle class of Baltimore County student, $617,000 on just education. Just, I mean, just the tuition of education. That's not counting activity fees. That's not counting any extracurricular events. That's just tuition, which is crazy, but not the highest. Let's talk about the DMV. I just picked the most expensive preschool, elementary school, middle school, high school, which is Georgetown Prep, because, oh, my goodness. And then they, I just made him go to Georgetown, because why not? The number I got for adding up all of those years of education. Remember, Baltimore County was 617,000. A DMV rich boy would have gone to school for a total absolute stack of $815,000 of education from age four to 18, well, to 22, right? 18 years of education, $815,000 goodness <laughs> oh my gosh and then for Phil- for philadelphia county i just did i did give me one second let's see yeah i did the haverford school and malvern prep just to spice it up a little bit excuse me and that ended up being get this $701,000 between the haverford school and Malvern Prep, and then going to Drexel University, which is absurd, right? So to wrap up how expensive we all are, let's just say Theo buys a car, which I did, for $21,000. That's the car, plus insurance, plus all the gas I've used, and you get a delicious, nutritious cost of approximately $29,000 thousand (laughs) dollars so my grand total that's not counting going out with my friends not counting all of the irresponsible food runs i have not counting rent not counting netflix or chegg none of that is a thick i mean just absolutely colossal two hundred eighty seven thousand two hundred and nine dollars yeah, <laughs> that's that's to today. That's my approximated cost to today. That doesn't count anything in the future. That's not my house, not my future kids who will cost this much money when we send them to private school. Probably none of that. Just my expenses to my to this very moment. Right. That's not even counting my wedding, which I'm trying to spend like in the neighborhood of a hundred thousand dollars on because. She and Ali and I are in the best relationship ever. I need I need her ring to be seen from like Mars. You know, that thing needs to walk into a completely pitch black room and blind everybody. I am talking a space rock. You know what I'm saying? I mean, and that's just I'm talking just how much money I I think I've approximated to this very moment minus any externalities. You know what I'm saying? 
and I'm leaving out some fun ones at the end, but I can assure you I've spent like $3,000 on video games, no doubt about it. And that's not even counting how much I spent on my Christmas gifts and birthday presents, anniversaries, none of that. Just, oh my gosh, <laughs> right? It's just crazy. And one of the one of the very few economics slash uh, managerial accounting concepts I have left in my brain is this thing called opportunity cost and like marginal revenue and stuff like that. How technically there I'm only counting direct expenses. I'm not even counting things that my parents had to forego for me. So it could even be higher in like astronomically higher than that. You know what I mean? Like the not not just the opportunity cost of them not sending me to private school, but just so many other things too. How many how many other things they could have invested in versus you know their child? You know what I'm saying? It's crazy. <clears throat> and let's just say let's just say right sake of argument that you really got it like that, like really got it like that. You can get a really nice car. You could get a BMW 740i for a cozy. $86,800 pre-tax, right? That's like what the exchange students come in just flexing on us, right? And I'm like, I just can't even imagine. And this is without, like, this is without me really assessing how much money I do spend on a day-to-day -day basis because I'm expensive, right? Most of my expenses go to food because food is good. Food is fantastic, right? But I don't even spend that much on clothes, let alone my friends who do. Oh my gosh, right? So to wrap up the podcast, right, let's talk about credit score. So there's this age old question that makes its way through social media. Would you rather have a perfect 850 credit score or $100,000 in cash or however that goes, right? I'm here to quickly dispel that you absolutely, without a doubt, take that cash, take it. Oh, no questions asked. Credit score is a measure of how good you are at managing your loans and debt and stuff like that, right? It can be affected by paying loans on time, the amount of loans you have, if you have any revolving credit, stuff like that, right? And the key is to have a high credit score so you can get more things, like you can be approved for better property and better cars and stuff like that, right? But you also need the capital to pay off your loans and stuff like that, right? There's no good in having a perfect credit score and like get this really stacked up mortgage without the cash to pay off the bill you have now, right? So you you got approved with all that good credit, but you need the cash. Take the cash, right? Just for some random credit card advice, it's and it's good to have credit cards. I know people who tell their kids don't have credit cards. It's good to have credit cards, right? The idea is not to pass 30% of your credit limit. So 30% of how whatever your assigned credit limit is, is good to stay there. But consistently using and then paying off a credit card, credit card is actually good for your credit score too. One of the fun things I learned from my teacher, and this is, I, I don't know if it's discriminatory, or fair, but she says this is true. This is one of my finance professors in the past. She said that your credit score can be lowered if you use your credit card at midnight, 1 a.m. or 2 a.m. And the reason behind it is when you have when you develop a habit like that, the like credit lenders or whoever, 
develop this habit of thinking that you have you're up at you're up late at night, meaning that you have non-routine shift work, which means you also have more volatile income, which I think is flawed. But I mean, in a perfect business capitalism theo kind of sense, I get it. You know what I mean? But just a just a random fact. Just be mindful. If you were to be on Amazon at 1 a.m. and then your credit score goes down, that's why, right? So uh, now that we're at the end and whatever number you had thought of. So remember that number I said, hey, whatever number you think of that is like whatever amount you think it takes to be set for life, right? I hope you didn't say $287,000, <laughs> but I hope that you've given a good amount. I hope I've given you a good amount of scale and you can get the picture of how much this stuff costs, right? Because here's another thing you have to do with that number, right? <laughs> Take that number and multiply it by 37%. Because <laughs> that's how much you have to pay in taxes for it, right? Because the highest amount, because that's the, the marginal rate, of course. It's not all of the amounts and stuff like that. It's about marginal tax rates and stuff like that, which we'll get into another time. But yeah, uh, any amount in the highest bracket, 37% of it gets taxed. And you are definitely not walking away with what with all of that set for life number you just thought of. Right. So I wanted to say thank you for listening through my fun rambling experiment. Um, I'm definitely for looking forward to doing more. I'm kind of hoping that the temperature goes down a little bit like it's nice outside, but it's time for Patagonia Theo. You know what I'm saying? Plain Patty Theo is ready to emerge. Right. But hey. I hope you all have a good rest of your day, rest of your week, weekend, whatever you may be listening to it. Stay safe, wear your mask above your nose, stay hydrated, and I will see you all next time.